Welcome to Agriculture in North Carolina. Hello, farmers and friends. I'm Dan Miller. This program is all about the largest industry in our state, agriculture. This week's show is a touch different in format as Jeff and I will forego our Jack and Shana point counterpoint on the agriculture headlines and play a game of two-on-one with our favorite North Carolina ag player. I'll let you guess what recognizable voice is ahead for a little while longer while I pay tribute to our sponsors. Ag and NC is made possible by Ag Carolina Farm Credit, First Choice Insurance Partners, and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC. Find links to those folks on our website, agandnc.com. Jeff Turner is co-host of the program and earned his wings as COO of Murphy Family Ventures and member of the North Carolina Board of Ag. How are things with you, Mr. Turner? Things are great in D.C. We've had some cold air and then some warm air and some rain, and then it's going to get cold again this week. So, you know, if you don't like the weather, just hang around. It's going to change pretty quickly. I haven't seen any soybeans left in the field. I've seen some cotton in the field, but pretty much everything's picked out. And by the way, the other day I was talking to somebody on the telephone as I was driving, and I, I looked left and I saw a brand new John Deere round baling cotton picker. I lost all train of the conversation, and I was totally fascinated. Well, the mechanization oh. continues, and it, it improves, and it's gr- it's a great thing. It is amazing to me. I mean, where there were a number of people in the field, you know, you get a guy, a truck, and, well, of course, a diesel tanker to be able to fill things back up again. Yeah. Can't get past that. you got to have that. You can't plug it into uh, to the wall socket. <laughs> no, no. We've got a guy on deck here that uh, reached out to you and said, hey, you guys got a spot for me on the program. Commissioner Troxler is uh, coming up after the break. What do you suppose he wants to talk about? Well, I suspect uh, the commissioner probably has some plans for the future that he wants to share with us, and huh. and and I'm looking forward to hearing what his plans are. That's just ahead. But first, this from Bill Carone Cars and Wallace, the only Chevy GMC dealer in eastern North Carolina to be an AgPAC dealer, which means that any farmer who buys a vehicle at Bill Carone is eligible for more than $30,000 in savings on products you probably already use, everything from tires to crop products. Check out the advantages of the AgPAC program at Bill Carone Cars and Wallace or online at BillCaroneGM.com. You're listening to Ag and NC. I'm Dan Miller, along with my co-host, Jeff Turner, and we're joined by the Commissioner of Agriculture in the state of North Carolina, the Honorable Steve Troxler. Jeff? Hey, Commissioner. How are you? I'm good, Jeff. I understand you're uh, you're decorating at your house today. We actually decorated a big piece of land out in front of my house with all kinds of Christmas decorations, and it's that time my youngest son will be here tomorrow to help me. On a Fraser fir Christmas tree, Commissioner? You better believe it. <laughs> we uh, <laughs> actually have a 14-foot Fraser fir in my event center out here, and uh, it is absolutely beautiful. And everywhere I go this time of year, you know, I tell people about the, the goodness of North Carolina Christmas trees and what it means to the people that are raising these trees in the local economy. So I guess the message is do not buy an artificial Christmas tree. Buy a fresh North Carolina Christmas tree. The number two producer of Christmas trees in the nation, second only to Oregon. Amen. That is correct, but uh, we have the Cadillacs. Uh, We are now (laughs) have put Christmas tree in the White House for the 15th time, and we already know that we have won it the next year, which will be number 16. 
much more than any other state in the nation. So we're proud of it. That is great news. It means a lot to, to our economy, especially Western North Carolina economy. So a lot of good things going on in agriculture. I think we've had a good crop and looking forward to a new year. And, and I, I heard that uh, you're making plans for the future. I have actually filed to run for a sixth term as commissioner, and uh, it's been such an honor and a pleasure and experience to uh, be able to do this for five terms. Sharon and I talked, and she said if it was my burning desire to run again, be commissioner, that she would support it. So here we go. Well, we have a number of ag suppliers that listen to the program, and they always could use a, a tip in salesmanship. So how'd you get it past her, Commissioner? Well, you know, to tell you the truth, she does realize how much this means to me. And for me, this has been a calling to help people, and she realizes I'm not ready to give it up. So uh, she's fully supportive, and uh, she'll be by my side every step of the way. Certainly part of the national consciousness at the moment is the age of some of our politicians and some of our administrators. Tell us that you're healthy and happy and uh, quick of mind. Well, there has been a lot that's going on the uh, the last couple of years. Uh, I had to have some back surgery to clean up some old surgeries and to fix another place that needed fixing. And they found out that I had two very worn arthritic hips, and if I was going to efficiently walk into the future, they had to be replaced. I gritted my teeth, and I bit my lip, and uh, in April of this year, for my birthday, I got me a right hip. And uh, then my wife got ill, and I had to put off the second one, but four weeks ago, the second one uh, was replaced. Both of them are very successful, and the doctor says I'll be walking like I'm 50 again uh, here shortly. I believe it. I have good health, and when I get to the point that I feel like that I can't do intelligent interviews and uh, <laughs> I can't answer tough questions, then it will be time to come home, but let, uh, unlike some people we see on TV today. <laughs> I, I can't let that go without touching it just a little bit. I, there are some folks that really do need to retire. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I got to tell you, I have served on the Board of Agriculture under four commissioners of agriculture. There's been more accomplished uh, 18, 19 years with Commissioner Troxler with regard to upgrades, whether it's dealing with soil sampling plant analysis, just the list of good things go on and on and on. I know when the commissioner came into office, he and I worked diligently to try to get some funding to take care of, of the, the labs and, and that sort of thing, and we, we didn't make a lot of headway. We made some, certainly got it exposed to the General Assembly, but since that time, an awful lot's been done, and, and I, I give credit uh, to the commissioner and his leadership and, and obviously the good folks in the General Assembly that are sitting there now, the, the, the Jimmy Dixons and the Brent Jacksons of the world were very beneficial in pushing that along. And my hat is off to you, Commissioner. You've done a great job. When I came into office, the, the economic impact of agriculture and agribusiness was about $59 billion, which is a, a big number. But today that number is 103.2. There's so much room for growth if we do it right, but, uh, you know, I mentioned the changes in North Carolina, and one of those, of course, is the population is moving into this state, and and they're primarily moving into the 
the big uh, urban areas that we have, it, it changes a lot, and we're seeing a lot of farmland and forest land being taken up and replaced by impervious surface. And as much as we've talked about flooding over the past several years, the state really hadn't done anything yet. We've got to work on that. Uh, we've got to protect these natural resources that we have to have to farm and We've got a mechanism to do it uh, with the Farmland Preservation Trust Fund, but it, it does take funding. So, you know, these are the, the kind of things that we're going to be looking at. Water, where is the water going to come from to for the only citizens that have moved in? To my recollection, I think we've only built one drinking water reservoir in the past 20 years, and that's the Roundabout Dam outside of Greensboro. So, you know, there's there's big ticket items that we're going to have to address as a state and uh, make sure that agriculture's voice is heard loud and clear in those discussions. The last time I was talking with you fellas, you had had kind of hinted that we were moving forward and we had a plan for some of the idea of uh, using farmland as a flood out land to be able to slow down the water's progress from the inland portion of the state down to the coastal portion of the state. Maybe there was somebody already on staff who might know about that. What we have discovered is that uh, Dr. Gary Fox, the new dean of the College of Ag Life Sciences at NC State, water is one of the areas of his expertise, and he actually comes from biological and agricultural engineering, and they have done a lot of work on just what we're talking about is using low areas on farms and, and private lands to be able to store water. Uh, I think the General Assembly will convene the joint uh, legislative committee on uh, agriculture and forestry, and hopefully we can start to air some of that. And, and I think the good thing is we've been able to acquire a large tract of land outside of Raleigh that actually has the Tar River running right through the middle of it and has a lot of these areas that we're talking about on this property. So I think we can partner with people, particularly NC State, and be able to test out some of the hypothesis and thoughts that we have, and I think we can maybe help to speed that process up. Reading Dr. Fox's bio, and that popped up, as a matter of fact, he's done extensive work of the interaction between surface water and groundwater, and he'll actually be our guest on next week's program, as a matter of fact. So look forward to talking and making acquaintance with him. Well, I think that is a great topic. When we sat down, I had no idea that that was in his background and that DAE had done so much research already. So it, it fits right into the, the, the ideas that some of us have, you know, how we handle this water. But, but every time we take a farm out and replace it with impervious surface, we're just speeding up the process. And then on top of that, farms and forests in North Carolina sequester about 26% of all the carbon emissions that North Carolina produces. So every time we take a farm out of production, take a piece of forest land out of production, uh, we're changing the environmental uh, ratios in North Carolina. So I'm, I'm big on protecting farmland and forests, and I, you know, I want to speed that up. The last decade, the world's agricultural output actually, it's still growing, but it's growing at a much slower rate. That's a concern for everybody. We've got more people to feed in the world and will have in the years ahead. But we continue to roll on in North Carolina. What's been the key? I think there's one key that uh, everybody needs to talk about, and uh, that is agricultural research. Uh, if you go back and you look 
in North Carolina's history, you know, we were pretty much substance farmers for a long time, but now we're feeding 165 people per farmer, and the weather is a farmer's constant. It's always too hot, it's always too cold, it's always too dry, and it's always too wet. That's pretty much a constant. So the only thing you can say, good agricultural policy, which we've had in North Carolina, the agricultural research uh, is taking us forward into places that we've got to go, and technology is now the second agricultural revolution. Let me mention another thing we're going to have to deal with. New H-2A rates out for the upcoming year. It looks like $15.81 is going to be the marker for North Carolina as well as Virginia. But our neighboring states to the south saw a little bit higher percentage rate increase, but still much lower than we are. Georgia, South Carolina, all at $14.68, even Florida below North Carolina. How do we, uh, how do we compete, Commissioner? Well, I mean, this has got to change. If you want to see the definition of inflation played out, here it is in front of us. Instead of productivity, we're just arbitrarily uh, putting more pressure on a farmer's income by raising, arbitrarily raising these wages. Uh, and in H2A, the, the wage is a part of it, but farmers are contributing so much more with housing, workers' compensation, transportation, you know, all of that comes out of the farmer's pocket. Do we want to inflate food prices? Here's the way to do it. Or do we want to put enough farmers out of business that we're importing food from from other countries? It's ridiculous the way this program is now being set up and administered. It's got to change. This fight has been going on forever and ever and ever, but it's fixing to hit the tipping point. There's no question about it. We we all agree we've got a problem. The only other state that we deal in, um, we use H-2A workers as well, both here and Missouri and been higher than North Carolina's all along, at least for the last three or four or five years. What is a, a, the solution and how how do we resolve this? Because it's it's a problem. Every farmer I talk to uh, this past week or so, everybody I've spoken with, have they've brought it up. Well, it is a big, big issue with farmers. And every time we increase production cost of a crop, we increase risk. So that's what I'm talking about, the, the tipping point. When that profit margin becomes very, very small, you do have uh, something happen like uh, a weather event or a market event uh, it just puts you further down the road to insolvency. So we've got to convince our federal partners that this has got to be reformed. A change of administration that has, you know, a different idea about the productivity on farms, that's got to happen. Missouri rate is actually $2, nearly $2 higher than North Carolina, seventeen seventy nine an hour. Yep. It's, uh, again, we've been dealing with that one for a while out there. And again, it's a problem. It's kind of hard to justify using this type of labor, but for only one reason, you can't hire anybody else that wants to do the work. The farmer's caught in the middle. Either he, he, he operates possibly at a loss and he continues on in, in, uh, in business. Or he goes out of business. I mean, there's only two ways to look at it. And there are a lot of things that we do that have become more and more mechanized mechanized on the farm. We're trying to work ourselves out of people. Well, 
I remember the automatic primer when it first came, tobacco primer. That that was a that was a huge deal. And it, without that, the, the tobacco business would have shrunk a long, long time ago because it, it's just what anybody was interested or was willing to get out and do this work. Farming is not an easy chore. Even though Bloomberg said anybody could be a farmer, he he's quite wrong. He doesn't know anything about what he what he said. All of the things that a farmer has to do, uh, it's absolutely amazing that we are that successful. But uh, in most cases, farmers fix their own equipment. They they do electrical work, plumbing work, welding, building, all of these things. They they got to be experts in uh, in business. Uh, you roll all of that into one person, and that's a farmer. And, and it is absolutely amazing that we are as successful as we are. But it's a it's a testament to the grit and determination, and the smartness that these people do possess. Man, I look in our own organization, and most of those guys and gals. I hate. Uh, I, well, I'm just going to talk about the guys. Uh, their hair is grayer than mine, or they have no hair. The bench is pretty shallow. We we don't have a lot of young folks that are interested in coming back to the farm, not like we did back in the 90s and early 2000, but especially in the 90s. In the hog and poultry industry, it was growing and, and it was providing opportunity and people were excited to come back to the farm. But today, that excitement's not there. And the reason it's not there is because the profit margins are so slim, it's really hard to get excited about working 400 hours a month, get beat down by the environmentalists and the animal welfare folks and do all of that at risk and in most cases without much profit. I'd be remiss if I didn't say coming up, I think we've got great concerns ahead of us. Should you be reelected and you were lucky enough to have the largest margin of victory of any position in the state last election? But if you were reelected, one of the major areas on the table is there's a whole lot of farmers' tools that are looking to be uh, wiped out by the Environmental Protection Agency, a number of herbicides, pesticides that uh, are slated for departure. It goes back to elections. It goes back to leadership. And, you know, that's one of the things that we do in the department is we do regulate pesticides in North Carolina under uh, a partnership with EPA, which is becoming harder and harder. If you get the wrong person sitting in this office that doesn't understand the value of these tools that we have in the toolbox, that's the reason that I'm running again. There's no way that I could just walk away from all of the challenges that we're going to have in the future turn it over to somebody that uh, does not understand or even worse, does not care. The fact that you're a friend of the program is helpful, but let me tell you one reason why I'm happy you're running again, and that is, as you've said before, vacancy rate at the Department of Agriculture in North Carolina is high, and if you had chose this time to say I'm going to retire, I'm sure a few other folks would turn in their retirement papers. How are we doing on recruiting folks? I wouldn't say that we're getting ahead of the curve yet. We did get some help out of the legislature to bring salary levels up. We have uh, finished up using $1.4 million, uh in this year's budget uh, to bring those salaries levels up. There's another $1.4 that we'll be able to use in the next budget year. But we are 300 positions open right now. 
Uh, and it was very apparent when we've had the recent wildfires in the mountains how that affects the citizens. Just in Region 3 in forestry where the wildfires were occurring this year, we had 30 vacant firefighting positions. Initial attack, people close by to be able to knock these fires down as much as we could in the beginning, you know, they weren't there. We had to transfer them in from other places in North Carolina, and in the end, we had to bring in about 80 firefighters from primarily the West Coast to help us with the firefighters. That's just one example of, you know, what's going on. Our lab systems, highly technical people that we need to hire. We, sometimes we're 10, 20,000 short of hiring people like our aircraft mechanics in the Forest Service. We've lost them left and right uh, because of big salary raises that we could not match. So that's the hill that we're climbing right now. So we look to the future. Uh, it seems like we always look for some sort of a change as we move forward. And there's been so many good things that have occurred in the last 20 years at the department. What do you see for the Department of Agriculture as our next big, what I will call, project and or, or goal? Well, uh, the number one priority is get people hired so that we're closer back to full employment Flooding is going to be, it's got to be an issue that we do address in North Carolina. We, the one strength that always shines through in North Carolina is the partnerships that we have between the department, Farm Bureau, the grains, the farm, all the farm groups, commodity groups, the land grant universities. So we're going to embark on a uh, process that's fold, uh, funded by Golden Leaf called Ag Leaves. And it's going to be a strategic planning process for agriculture into the uh, the near future. And while a strategic plan is flexible, not rigid, and there are twists and turns, at least we'll have the direction to go and identify the, the obstacles and possible solutions. And I look forward to get into that process. We're up against it, Commissioner, but I want to give you the last word. If there's something we've not asked you, something you want to comment about, or your uh, your 60-second stump speech, hit it. <laughs> well, you know, I just want to thank all the people of North Carolina for the honor of serving these past five terms. And, and as for their support again, we've got a lot to do. So we're going to get out there again, and we're going to go after it. And uh, I want to make sure that uh, these agricultural industries that we have continue to grow and the people of North Carolina have the same place to live that they have always enjoyed. Always a pleasure to talk with you, Commissioner. We look forward to chatting with you again. I think next time we'll see you is at the Southern Farm Show on your turf in Raleigh. Ag and NC is made possible by Donna Byram with First Choice Insurance Partners. Call Donna today at 252-792-1189. Let her protect your yields so you can stay in the field. And thanks in part to April and BG with the Farmer's Connection. If you've not put a copy in your hands, I highly recommend it. Farmer's Connection is a newsprint magazine with information and ads from dealers and suppliers right here in North Carolina. Check out used equipment prices from dealers like Mark Chesson & Sons in Williamston, Belgrave Pickerhead Repair in Cresswell, Atlantic and Southern Equipment in Goldsboro and Williamston, and Premier Equipment in Rocky Mount, Enfield, Washington, and Aden. And check out the auction schedules from folks like our buddy Jason Acock, auctioneer. The Farmer's Connection, online and available at independent farm equipment dealers all over North Carolina. Let's compare last week's commodity prices to the prior week. 
On Friday, the U.S. employment report showed a surprisingly large rise in November hiring, which apparently prompted renewed optimism about the economic outlook and the possibility of a soft landing early in 2024. However, on Thursday, February live cattle hit a 13-month low and rallied somewhat, but lost 340 on the week to close at 165.72 and a half. January feeder futures gained 87 and a half cents to close at 215.30. Financial market strength did help with hog market. Expiring hog futures rose 87 and a half cents to close at 68.42 and a half, while most active February lost a dollar 12 and a half on the week to close at 68.97 and a half. North Carolina weighted average egg price quoted Thursday, December 7th for small lot sales of delivered carton grade A eggs were lower on all sizes when compared to the prior week. 209.95 for extra large, 203.01 for large, 195.38 for medium, and 138 for small eggs. Number two yellow shelled corn was mostly seven to ten cents higher when compared to the prior week. Prices ranged mostly 445 to 545 at the feed mills, 425 to 575 at the elevators through Thursday, December the 7th. Number one yellow soybeans were 22 to 35 cents lower, ranged 1275 to 1330 at the processor, mostly 1221 to 1290 at the elevators. Number two red winter wheat was 43 to 51 cents higher, ranged 527 to 596 at the elevators. That's this week's Ag and NC. Subscribe to our longer free podcast version on Apple or Spotify or download the IBX Media app. You'll find it there. Details on all that and links to our sponsors on our website, agandnc.com. Thanks to Ag Carolina Farm Credit, First Choice Insurance Partners, and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC. Agriculture in North Carolina Copyright 2023, Interbanks Media. For Jeff Turner and myself, Dan Miller, make it a great week.